He's had a couple of like pseudo series on his own. There was District X, which was written by um, Kyle Higgins. Uh, he's a cop in Mutant Town. Okay, he I was, was going to say he, he was a he private was a cop. He was a private investigator in Mutant Town. Sound like a but movie it, to me. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, he was like protecting the mutants of Mutant Town from the cops. He was like working with the cops to help the mutants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's giving cop. Uh, but you know, so I, I oh, that's something I always working with the cops. Yes, because there were there were there were there were no mutant authorities in Mutant Town, so they were being. Yeah, so he wanted to be that. It wasn't that he wanted to be authority. He wanted to make sure that they were getting what they deserved in terms of health. <laughs> Welcome back to another relaunch. My name is LZ. Mm, hey, everybody. It's me. I'm Keenan. What's going on, Keenan? How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. It's been a beautiful weekend. I had a really nice week. Um, you know, it's the last. This is the last week. This is the last week of summer, right? I am so bad with like those types of <laughs> like end dates of seasons <laughs> and all that. I'm like. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I think this. I think this is like the last official weekend of summer. So it's been great going out with the bang. How about you? How are you, my friend? I mean, that's cool. I feel like I had a pretty like successful summer then. You know, um, things were kind of starting to open up out here, and I experienced mm-hmm. a little bit. But like now, I'm getting into like my zone now, which is like chilling. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> And like mm. just staying in and like just kicking it. So <laughs> that's always fun. I mean, I, it, the summer did get really hot for like a short period of time. So I remember yeah. saying I kind of wish this would end now, but I think we got back to a good spot by the end of it. So cool. I've been outside and let's sit down. <laughs> let's save some money. <laughs> Heavy on that. <laughs> for real. All right, well, let's get started with these comics. And up first is Seven Secrets, number 12. And this is by Tom Taylor. And I'm not sure who the artist is on this, but quick question. Is this a miniseries or is this like an ongoing? It's an ongoing. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, oh, man. I need to jump in because I don't ever see a great things about this. I was, I was legit about to say, like, no, I think you really need to jump in kind of quick because this is a good book. And again, I think I said the last time I was like, I know this is a good book because I'm starting to remember all the characters' names. But mm-hmm. this kind of gives you the backstory of, like, the character. And finally, we found out who the traitor was, the guy Kanto. And we found out that he was in a relationship with, uh, well, apparently he was in a relationship with the seeker, Amon, who is, like, trying to kill everybody. And so we get like their backstory. And so apparently Amon was the son of Tajana, who was the head holder, I mean, the head keeper and this other guy. So they were going to kick them out of the order, but they were just like, you can stay in the order if you give up your son completely and like, don't say anything else about him because it's forbidden. You're not supposed to be together. And then like, you have to switch your roles. You can't be together. So he's in the order. He kind of figures out during his childhood who his parents are, but he never says anything. He meets Kanto. They, like, start falling in love as teenagers as they're competing to be the next holder. Kanto's face starts to get burned off, and but because of, like, the training, Amon can't do anything, so he's just completely still. He passes. He ends up getting the role, but, however, he's going to be the holder to his mom, who he's not supposed to be around. And so the dad is like, he can't be your holder. If you do this, I'm going to tell everybody because the dad's a punk. And she's like, you're right. So he, they give it to Kanto. Amon's like, this whole place is BS. He was like, I have given my life to do all this stuff and like giving you my blind faith. And like, 
at the end of it all, you snatched it away and you betrayed me. I'm like, my friend gets his face burned off. Well, this guy, hell, I love gets his face burned off and you all don't even care. So he leaves, but he tells the boyfriend, he's like, stay here, stay in it. I'll come back for you. Obviously, boom, he becomes a traitor after that. I'm kind of on their side now. I won't lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) And then on the other end of it, you have like the main group of Passport and his mom and them. They are trying to find out where the secrets are located. So they like storm his face. The art on this book is phenomenal. Like there's this big shootout scene in it. And I like sat up while I was reading it because I was like, this is really intense. Like she shoots somebody in the head and that's like it shows. And, you know, sometimes we've said that uh, Tom Taylor can be a little after school special with his books. No, he's like, the people are dying, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting their brains blown out. But they end up setting a bomb to this building. They're they're stuck in the building as it starts to blow up. And then Casper starts running towards the building. He's our main character, the black guy, the black boy of the series. And he starts flying. Oh, it's just like, yeah, like out of nowhere, he like starts flying and it's just like, whoa, but it's crazy because there was a conversation between his mom and the queen right before. And she was asking him, she's like, what is Casper? So there's this whole mystery about him. He flies up. He's able to grab them all and carry them. He's talking. He has a narration box that's like he's frightened. He's scared. He's mad. People have been lying to him. He'll know what's going on. Then it says it doesn't matter, though, because in a week I'll be dead. And the issue is. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like such a fun mystery it's so good and the way it's on right and so you know i had a theory a couple of issues back i didn't say it out loud because i didn't want to sound stupid but like something was telling me i was like i feel like casper is dead and he's like mm. telling the story from beyond the grave or i was like this is someone else telling i was like someone is dead i was like whoever's telling the story is dead i just didn't think it was going to be well i thought it was going to be him i just didn't say it in case it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but now that it is wow uh, <laughs> It's a really good book. Definitely give it like a strong four out of five. I, if you, you gotta get into it. That's yeah, all, I all I've ever heard have been great things about this book, and I really need to get into it. Um, definitely go on my catch up list. Um, up next is Superman and the Authority number three. Now I did read this, and I know that I've spent quite some time, damn near my whole life, honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> hating on Superman because I'm not a Superman fan. But this right here is good. I'm with you. I'm right there with you. you. We all know I'm very recently converted to Superman. And I don't even know if I actually like Superman. I just think I'm enjoying like the Superman line. Like his world, yeah. Yeah, his world. It's really exciting and different, and it's just like cool. And this was a hot issue. I've also never been too much into Enchantress, but she was given here. You know, I was going to ask if you were into this uh, Enchantress in this, because so... As we left off from the last issue, they were going to go kind of rescue Enchantress, and we get a little bit of her back history. And um, now we find out that she has been, like, living in her own personal hell, basically, and, like, her, the June Moon alter ego and the Enchantress alter ego have been split, according to her, but really they're supposed to be the same person. And her powers have kind of created her this, like, I don't know, spaced out mag- y'all know magic it's like a magic thing it's hot, it's hot. <laughs> she's, living, she's living in her own personal hell but it's because she, she herself because she could saw herself as separate and it's like no you just gotta understand baby you are enchantress and enchantress is you yeah and once she does that <laughs> <laughs> she gets this new it's kind of a hot outfit i'm not gonna lie it's it's cute yeah, it needed a heel she did eat a boot, yeah. You know, you, know, I love a, you know I love a boot. It needed a boot. It was hot. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, so they come, she joins the team, and they're all around uh, King Arthur's table. Um, Manchester Black asking Enchantress the right questions of, since you got magic powers, why didn't you just snap your fingers and like... As soon as I saw that, I was like reading, I was like, oh, he's going to have something to say about this page. (laughs) But like she said, her spells don't last that long. I don't know what you want her to do. An excuse. (laughs) And like she said, she don't make the rules. She just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So later during this, we are finding out that um, I believe that I, I was under the impression that it was the brain before. But this is actually um, Major Mala's brain, right? Or like uh, the Ultra Humanite? Yes. That's what that I was thought. his brain, right? That's what I, yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so Ultra Humanite now at this point is just a brain. 
and um, he can kind of control or like I'm assuming telepathically or like some kind of like technology technology he can like control these drones of robots of like monkey robot things and um, he is going to basically be setting up an attack to take down Superman because he knows that Superman's powers have been like depleting they're not the same anymore um, and we get this really cool shot of Superman and the rest of the authority kind of walking through the door and getting ready to go out on this mission. Um, I thought it was really cool. Apollo looking great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, have you ever heard of this character, uh, Light Ray? Light Ray is who they're going on this mission to kind of also recruit in this. She's the last member of this team. And it turns out that like her mom found out that her husband was like cheating on her. And she, <laughs> during delivery, she told him that, you know, I found out that you were cheating on me. And he's like, you know, can you forgive me? Our daughter is going to have powers. Like, we can, like, make this, we can become rich off of this. And she says, no, it doesn't matter because, like, this kid ain't even yours anyway. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think I heard her. So I, I felt like maybe I did. But then once I actually saw her on page, I was like, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. So I was like, maybe I'm just thinking of Dr. Light. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, so I've never really heard of her, um, but I thought the the way that the shot of like Apollo coming into that room and then like lighting up the room with his powers before he ended up getting tackled by um, I don't even know who that lady is <laughs> um, by this like defense system who they told them that the defense system was going to be tough. I thought it was going to be like I don't know a robot or like mm. lasers or something. I didn't know it was going to be like <laughs> some hulking. Get the real stuff over here. Yeah, Fight Superman. Real. That's fair. <laughs> I guess I should have thought it was going to be something <laughs> a little bit stronger than a robot. <laughs> um, yeah, but overall, I thought this issue was really great. Again, I'm enjoying this a lot. A four out of five for me. The mm-hmm. art's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Really great story. Yeah, no, I'm really loving it. A thing that I especially love about this series is the team dynamic. Everybody knows, like, some of my favorite comic book runs have a very heavy emphasis on the team and, like, their interactions, and you kind of see everybody interacting with everybody. I think of the Australian Outback X-Men era. Um, I talk about it all the time, Perez and Wolfman's Teen Titans run. Um, yeah, It's just like, like, and that's what this book gives By the way, I've been reading more of that, and mm-hmm. I have to say, like, yeah. I've been catching up on more of that. Yeah. Judas Contract, top five, Say like, comedy. Say it. Say it. <laughs> I was going to yes. say it. Wow. Like, I have, yes. I have experienced it so many times in so many different types of, like, things before, you know, with the Teen Times animated series, and, like, I think they animated a movie for it, um, and other things that, like, probably mimicked it before, but, wow, did it get that original. It makes you feel, it made me feel for Tara, but in a different kind of way that, like, I don't know what you do with characters like that who, like, were created specifically for these events, but they just got cool powers. <laughs> so you want them to be around. <laughs> she, was not, she was a nasty little girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I also finished reading the Terra Trigon, and um, mm. I will say that that is better in like animated form i think for me then like reading that's, it that's one of those things you got to kind of have that like animated to get that extra punch because it's got like that horror vibe to it yeah yeah good stuff um but yeah so this run has a lot of similarities to that for me like i think about again you see when they're at the round table talking you have like manchester black talking to enchantress but then um you see her kind of flirting with apollo but then midnight midnighter says something to her about that and then later <laughs> on you see natasha talking to superman and she's like you know i see that you're not really telling us everything yeah big blue uh, but i trust you and my uncle trusts you and you know then so it's like i'm really loving the dynamics of that and again knowing that even after this miniseries is done this team is still going to be appearing through the superman line what a win yeah Yeah. i think i may have to hop back into some more of the superman books because his corner has been so interesting you know i love that cosmic stuff and this has been all that you know except where you're not like just staying in space and you're dealing with like these kind of conceptual things where you're just mm-hmm. bopping around through the cosmos and figuring stuff out that's what i like dang it's given yeah all right up next is um this is black widow 
number 11, and this is written by Kelly Thompson with art by uh, Raphael De La Tour. And um, I mean, I haven't really had a bad issue of Black Widow yet mm-hmm. for me. How are you feeling about this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I enjoyed the issue. I will say that it was probably my least favorite so far. Um, I was so I've kind of realized I'm starting to get a little tired of Natasha and Yelena's dynamic. They do a lot of bantering, a lot of back and forth, but it's always kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, Natasha says something. Yelena says something sarcastic in return. Yep, Natasha kind of ignores it. Yelena's like, you're hiding something from me. <laughs> and then they just keep <laughs> like kind of going around in circles there. And so it's just kind of like, okay. So it's that like, was this entire issue. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> don't even have to talk about that. <laughs> it was like, it was the entire issue. And it's like, okay. Again, like I get it. We're, it's a long form story. We're going to probably kind of keep going in for a while in this type of situation. But when are either one of them going to kind of given or like accept like Yelena needs to accept that Natasha does need a little bit of space she just went through went through something like super traumatizing where she had a son and a husband and then she lost them but also Natasha does need to understand that if she's going to call Yelena her partner then she needs to have some type of honesty with her like come up to her you don't have to tell her yeah I'm about to go looking for the kid and my husband but just be like there's something I'm trying to process right now I can't talk about it yet but just know I'm doing something on my side I'll come to you when I can and like Let's 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 get this going. Let's let's move it on. Yeah, from there. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of what ends up happening in this issue, basically, is they do a lot of that, and Black Widow is checking up on her kid and her family, even though she's kind of not supposed to be. She's keeping that a secret from Natasha, and they're looking for some Apogee stuff. Yeah, and so it's just like, again, it's good, but I am starting to feel like the wear of their interactions. I think we would kind of put a little bit more energy into it is if they had the other girls like Anya and um the one who they're training now if they had them kind of like interact with them more in it or be like hey you two need to stop fighting all the time (laughs) yeah and just involve them in their conversations a little bit more and kind of make it more of a unit kind of I mean we were just talking about in Superman the Authority where you were talking about the team building is what really excites you for stuff and Mm -hmm. this has a team but they aren't all like kind of interacting with each other because mm-hmm. Natasha has really kind of basically looked at um, Spider Girl and this new girl Lucy as like the kind of new interns. So she mm-hmm. doesn't really interact with them that much. They're just kind of there to yeah. Train. And it's like and it's a, it's a it's a weird dynamic because we read it as them being interns of some sort or something like that, but the characters themselves read it as like, oh yeah, we're all really excited and like we're working together and we're doing all this stuff. And it's just like, it feels like a bit of a disconnect and I can't tell if that's intentional or not. Yeah. Um, I did think it was cool that they go off and go in to get some more information on Apogee and they fight these twins who can kind of uh, share their mass. That yeah. was a cool power. I, was I thought that was a really cool power. That was a different way to kind of use that kind of mass manipulation mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And the timing and stuff. I also thought it was really cool that they are really nailing down this whole Yelena and a knife thing. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, you know, when she pulled out that knife and got to fighting, I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I think this issue for me was a little bit weaker than the previous issues, but I still pretty much have been enjoying all of it. So yeah. I'm giving it like a 3.5 out of 5. I can agree with that. 3.5 for sure. Yeah, um, I would like to see more Spider Girl, but I, that's because I do like her. Yeah, she feels a little bit like a blip. Yeah, I knew of her. Okay, up next is Eternals Thanos Rises, and this was written by Kieran Gillen with art by Dustin Weaver. And I have been loving the world building that's been going mm-hmm. on with the Eternals right now. Yes. Um, you know, I feel like for a while, you had been saying, I don't know if I'm an Eternals fan or if I've just been, like, enjoying the writing. I think I'm an Eternals fan. I think I'm, I'm ready to cross over. Okay. I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready to say that, like, I think the Eternals are all pretty cool. Like, I like the whole, like, mythos of them. Mm-hmm. They're, I like the whole, like, intergalactic, well, duh. <laughs> I like the whole, like, galactic aspect of them and their powers mm-hmm. and everything. 
And with this issue, we really get the whole backstory of basically like what has been their whole like ordeal since they've been Eternals, since they can live forever. What has been like the thing that they have been trying to do? And there was a, and how did Thanos kind of become an Eternal if, you know, Eternals don't, and he has parents, whereas Eternals live forever and they can't reproduce. so this issue is all about like finding out about Thanos' parents, which are mentor and I always can never really pronounce her name. I think it's Sweezy. I think so. I don't never really know how to pronounce his mom's name. But this gives you their entire backstory and how um a mentor was originally he was like an eternal that lived forever and they he wanted to reproduce naturally to create a a true eternal even though they could not they could reproduce with other uh biological life forms but it and it could create a super powered person but they weren't like a quote-unquote true eternal which do you think that that was like the like x gene kind of thing and that's where they're kind of gonna probably put that into the mcu because they would say oh. that you know when we, we when we recreate or well, when we um procreate with mm-hmm. other biological life forms, we create people with powers, but they're not a true eternal because they can't become a part of the machine. Mm, and then that's how we get the mutants. And I could see that. I don't know if I like that, but I could. See I don't know that. if I like it either. But when I saw that thrown in there, I was like, "This is giving MCU." <laughs> everything, everything does feel very intentional. Yeah. Um, the Xbox, I think so. We'll see. that we will see um but yeah i liked i liked the the backstory with all this Mm -hmm. stuff i love the world building and everything i liked that yeah you know um he had a fight with the other eternal who wants everything to kind of stay the way that it is and eternals can kind of just keep living forever and it's not that you can't have your own children and you can procreate and do whatever you want to do but um as far as creating true eternals you couldn't do that but mentor Mm -hmm. was then exiled from the Eternals life because he wanted to he was given access to go off and go figure that out if he can and that's where he all met another Eternal who was I believe she was also like uh, exiled yeah. and she became like his like wife in a way they were given the quantum bands which I thought was really cool because I've been <laughs> become a really big fan of Quasar right lately so it was oh, cool to see kind of like how they were kind of like brought in as far as the Eternals, because they kind of have a, a connection to, like, the Eternals and, like, uh, that whole cosmic side of stuff, so it was really cool to see those brought in. Um, yeah, I've just been in really... I liked, I wasn't really the biggest fan of the art in this, I will say. I'm not the biggest really? fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, the biggest fan of Dustin Weaver art. I love his art, honestly. Him and um, Luke Ross, I don't know if you've ever seen... He did some stuff on Mighty uh, Captain America and Mighty Avengers, but, like, I think they're so underrated. I really love a lot of their stuff. I'm shocked. You don't like Dustin. That's crazy. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's um, cool. Um, what would you rate this? I would give this a, honestly, a 3.5 out of 5. I really enjoyed the way that they kind of told the way that Thanos' parents got together and how they were, basically, they did give birth to the first quote-unquote true eternal because that is mm-hmm. Thanos but he had the deviant gene so mm. and you know the the dad ended up being taken to prison and have him having to live in that prison for ever and it was the prison of darkness and for every person that Thanos killed a new light would shine mm. and the whole room ended up becoming completely lit up and <laughs> it burned his eyes out and That's he traumatized it's very traumatizing. He obviously was awoken again but and placed through the machine because Eternals live forever. But he realized that Eternals should never yeah. create, like procreate together and make. They yeah, Eternals are kind of mean. <laughs> They're kind of mean, honestly. Like, like that, prison, that prison's a little extravagant and a little bit too much. It wasn't necessary. What's the difference between this prison and the pit? Oh, I didn't say there was one. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess everybody mean. Mm. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. exciting. Um, All right. So, I mean, those were the books of the week. Did you have any kind of like mentions you wanted to drop? I read a couple of other things. Um, the Mighty the Mighty Valkyries miniseries ended. Um, I honestly can't really tell you what the point of it was, but the three <laughs> little black girls that Carnilla stole and be, made goddesses, they're still around at the end of it. Oh, and great. I know, so that's nice. And Loki makes a comment that he tied himself to them, and he's like, they're going to need to be trained when they get older, so we might see that. Well, they're um, going to become, like, three, like, witches, like, evil witches. Uh, little, little, three little black Asgardian girls, right? Like, it's going to be I think that's good. dope. Right? Um, and then... I'd love to see them as, like, villains. That'd be dope. <laughs> that was a hot thing. They deserve the world. Um, the Last Annihilation Wakanda came out. I picked that up as well. Um, everybody knows I don't really dig T'Challa that much, but... I like to try out everybody's faves every now and again, see what it's hitting for. And it has some of the intergalactic Wakanda stuff, which I think is kind of interesting. Or at least Daniel Akuna made it look really good when he was drawn. I'm shocked you never got into that. I wanted to because I actually thought a lot of that stuff looked great. I've seen a lot of panels because, again, I wanted to get into it. And Daniel Akuna's art looks great on it. You know, I love the intergalactic stuff. Um, yeah, it was just, I feel like that's that it was just Black Panther. And, so, like, and that's my thing. I feel like the Chala is one of those characters that you enjoy. You like that type of kind of like snarky asshole. You like Namor. Black, Black Panther is like no. <laughs> <laughs> not it, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. Black Panther's not the type. I like of the things around him. Like a Koi is cool. Um. And, like, the Midnight Angels are kind of cool. But, you know, I like the people with... He's not going to fly. Where the power's at? He might fly. He, can, he might make, like, vibranium wings in his panther suit. Fly a cat? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The intergalactic stuff looks high. Um, so I read this issue. Storm showed up in it. Manifold showed it. Um, him and Shuri are, like, dating, apparently. Uh, Vibraxis was in it. That was oh, nice. I like Vibraxis. I, I like Vibraxis and that. So it was like a nice look. It was an, it was a really nice story. Um, I think if you're into Black Panther or if you're someone who interests you, you should definitely pick that up. Um, yeah, I think that was really all I got. Let me do another little check. Oh, there was a Justice League Dark backup. As well. Oh, okay. They still that putting was, it back there in their backup. It's yeah. still back there in that book, but it was really good. It's Rambi. He wrote Aquaman. It was hot. Oh, damn. That's cool. So, you know, I had to pick it up. But yeah, that was it. That was my week. Nice. It was a nice little comics week. Okay. Yeah, I thought I had a great little pull list on mine, too. So, um, all right. Those are the comics of the week. Let's take a break, and we'll come right back. And you know what's crazy? I was going back and doing a lot of reading, and I was getting mad. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Anyways. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to another panel. And the character of this week, it is our discussion on the late, well, he's not late, um, the great. Because well. <laughs> I was going to say the late great, but I was like, oh, he's not dead. <laughs> he might. Oh, he, he, kinda like... he might as well be. It's Bishop <laughs> of the X-Men. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't do that to Bishop. The style was kind of late sometimes. He was rocking that Jerry Curl for a little that too Jerry long. Curl. That was like, <laughs> that was hot. That was hot. Like, you can't get past the Jerry Curl. That was it. So, um, and I mean, it was his time. So he, uh, Bishop was created in 1991 by John Byrne and Will Sportsachio. Okay. And for those who don't know, they actually originally intended for Bishop to be a Filipino character. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was going to be Filipino, but I don't know. I guess it just didn't stick, so he became the black guy. And then later on, he became Aboriginal, which was kind of weird. Yeah, that part is kind of weird. I kind of ignore it. (laughs) So I would like to, but the Bishop fans are, like, really stuck on keeping that in there. But I think, again, it's because they want Bishop to have some type of connection to the presence. For everyone who doesn't know, Bishop is from the future. 
All right, he came to the past chasing a villain by the name of Trevor Fitzroy who had escaped to our time. And in doing so, he meets the X-Men and he's like completely enthralled by these people because they are the heroes of his time. Like he knows about the X-Men, he's idolized them since he was a kid. He's like, wow, I can't believe these are the people who I worship because they kind of suck. <laughs> and, but like, all in all, after he like meets them, he helps them. He kind of comes off really aggressive and abrasive to the team. He's like, I like lead these people. I know what to do. I'm from the future. I know all these things. I know somebody betrays you. He thinks it's Bishop. I mean, not Bishop. He thinks it's Gambit. And the professor just like becomes also enthralled with him. And so he invites him to join the X team. And it's actually a really funny issue where after Bishop has like been fighting with everybody, he's talking to Xavier and then he comes out and he's like, I want you guys to welcome him to the team. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> and but he ends up joining and he becomes really close with a lot of members um he has lots of really touching moments with storm uh gene scott jubilee xavier himself he ends up forming kind of like this love-hate relationship with gambit again he thinks that gambit is the x-man who's going to betray everybody and so he's like very cautious of him and i've been doing a lot of reading for bishop lately and it made me so upset about where he is right now because they really used to treat him like a character with motivation yeah. and goals and like just like this genuine love i was reading the story where after he's kind of been inducted into the team he's helping them on one of their first missions and he's chasing fitzroy and they start like destroying the town and so he's about to kill him and storm stops him and he's like you know this is what we would have done here and there and storm is like no this isn't your time you need to look around she's like the x-men are protectors we're supposed to help people the only person who's destroyed anything is you and she's like look at what this is and find humanity and he has like this really poignant moment he's just like oh my gosh you're right he even goes back to storm at the end of the issue and he's like you know i'm here to learn from you all. He's like, again, you guys are the people who have done this and who made it possible for me to be here. So teach me. And that starts like just a really nice character arc for him. Um, he's had a couple of like pseudo series on his own. There was District X, which was written by um, Kyle Higgins. Uh, he's a cop in Mutant Town. He was a private investigator. He was a private investigator in Mutant Town. Sound like a movie to me. <laughs> but it was really good he was like for he so honestly he was like protecting the mutants of mutant town from the cops he was like working with the cops to help the mutants <laughs> okay it's giving cop um, but you know so i i oh that's something i always working like. with the cops yes because there were there were there were there were no mutant authorities in mutant town so they were being yeah, so he wanted to be that it wasn't that he wanted to be authority. He wanted to make sure that they were getting what they deserved in terms of health. <laughs> getting what they deserved. In terms of health and being treated fairly. It was great. He was investigating murders. It was a really interesting series. If you're a fan of Law and Order, you should definitely pick up District X. But even in Bishop's like time, he was a part of the XXC, which was the um, Xavier Security Enforcers crew. Also cops. <laughs> they were peacekeepers. <laughs> what cops? <laughs> and um, you know, some of them came to the present with him for a little bit of time. Most of them, I think, died. I wonder if they'll come back. No, I don't think any of those characters have backups to come back from Krakoa. Um, he has a sister, Shard, who also will probably never return because technically, when she was in our time, she was the hologram version, right? Yeah, she was that, yeah. uh, like, AI at that time. Yeah, so she would never get a <clears throat> backup either, which is kind of sad, because she had a hot design. It was she nice. does. Cool. Hair. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I think, that, again, I think that's one of the reasons why they keep kind of, like, adding all these family members to Bishop's time. It's because it's like, he doesn't have anything else kind of holding him here. And so it's like, well, what are you going to do? And what's going to be that thing that gets him there? And so... Now, are you someone that needs to have Bishop become, like, a descendant of someone? Do you know what I mean? Like, where you can kind of see him come back and he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm seeing this is my great-grandfather or whatever. Or would you rather see him just be, like, a a random character who just I would rather I came back in, in time and idolized the, the X-Men? 
I would rather it be random, and I only say that because I feel like once they try and connect him to characters, like, they start aging those characters a little bit much, and then you also kind of get to the spot of, like, you're waiting for him to come around. I remember, like, early on, they tried to say that he had some type of connection with Monet. Like, there was a, um, I can't remember if it was Uncanny X-Men or Generation. It was either Uncanny X-Men or Generation X, and he has, like, some blackout moment, and Monet's trying to help him out of it, and he calls her mother. Um, Yeah, and it was like, ew. Uh, <laughs> they had another series that he had after that horrible after they made him go rogue in Messiah Complex he had like a Life and Times of Lucas Bishop storyline that tried to say why he was going after Hope because she was supposed to be like this great big thing that kills a bunch of people um, this is there, like time travel exactly <laughs> there they tried to make it seem like Storm was maybe like a grandmother mother right. type of entity um, obviously again they've made Gateway his great great-grandfather which would make manifold his cousin in some form or fashion but again it's just like we don't you need gotta that. make you don't gotta make all the black people related <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like you don't he just doesn't need it because it's like again you're just kind of like now you're just waiting and you're getting this whole story of like oh when is this stuff going to happen if you just would have like you know maybe bishop could like look up his great-grandparents and they're just two random people and then you're just like, oh, okay, like that'll be whenever. Like he knows. Have we like, ever gotten to the point of seeing his younger self? In that like life and times story. Okay. But, um, the art was very abstract. Oh, okay. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um. I was like, that's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like as far as his younger self, though, ha- will we ever like? Do you think that X-Men will ever get to the point of like seeing the young Lucas Bishop existing in the timeline? Or does his yeah. timeline no longer like So so technically his timeline shouldn't exist. Okay. Technically his timeline should no longer exist. However, I also don't think we would ever see a young Lucas Bishop because the <laughs> whole thing is that he's supposed to be a child like long after the X-Men are gone. Like, okay. that's, part, that's part of the reason he idolizes them and looks up to them so much, which is, like, why it's always weird that they try and make um, Storm, like, a grandmother or Monet his mom, because it's like, well, they'd still be around. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he would, yeah. like, he would, like, Child Bishop would know who the X-Men are. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Gambit, as the witness, was... The character who was the witness in timeline, who was supposed to be the last person to see the X-Men who he thought was Gambit, he was supposed to be, like, in his 80s or 90s. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so it's just, and that's when Bishop was, like, a teenager. So it's like... Yeah, that doesn't, you don't need all that, yeah. Um, Yeah, I've always wondered if we would ever kind of get that or if we would just kind of, like, move him forward. He needs something, in my opinion. I love his powers. Love his powers. I think his power set is really cool. I did not like the way that they were used in that one Astonishing X-Men run. Um, the one that Betsy was leading that team. And when he was, like, dropping oh, down... he was falling out of the, the building. And he, like, he was using the force of the fall to create energy, but he was also, like, changing the energy. Yeah, into a different type of energy. And yeah, that was something new. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> I, I prefer for him to just be able to absorb all types of energy and, like, you know, redirect it with his concussive blast and stuff like Which that. Is yeah. And, you know, one of the things I've realized about Bishop, too, especially post-Messiah Complex, is that they do not let him use his powers anymore. As I was going back and reading some of these other runs, like, this man is always charged up and shooting his blast at something. He's had a lot of really good, um, you know, shockingly enough, the era that was kind of good for Bishop was, like, Lobdell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, the onslaught saga especially was like a really good time for him because it was a really good arc for him again bishop comes to the uh the past which is our present and he sees the x-men throughout his entire time the x-men one of the people he's been closest with was professor xavier because again he knows someone's right. going to betray the x-men he wants to protect him and he has a lot of friction with angel because Angel feels like Xavier looks at Bishop as a way to change the future. And he feels like it's making him do things that he like wouldn't normally do. But Bishop is like, well, if I inspire him, I think that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so when Onslaught happens and you have 
the reveal was supposed to be that Xavier was actually the one who betrayed the X-Men. You have this fallout of Bishop dealing with that. And he takes it very hard. He starts kind of like separating from the team a little bit. He feels like he's failed his mission. He feels like he's failed Xavier. There's so many things. Uh, Valerie Cooper comes to pick him up. And Bishop is one of the people like, no, we're going to take care of him. We're going to make sure everything is okay. And it's just like, great, which is like, again, Messiah complex. Having Bishop betray the X-Men after his entire story has been protecting them. That's all he's ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That and was so, some character assassination right there. The biggest. And I will never, and ever since then, you can tell that a lot of writers don't really know what to do with him or where to go with him from there. And it's like, we go back to like the cop thing. I think I will say about that astonishing run, it wasn't the greatest for a lot of people, but I did like the ma- mandate that Bishop kind of created was that he was investigating cataclysmic events in the timeline so he had like this little watch that was like this is going to end the world and so he was like investigating those to go and stop them like time cop perfect okay i, I, I can get with that it's perfect um, i was really excited when he was made a captain <clears throat> in marauders that did not go the way i wanted it to but i did not i i remember signing up for marauders for Iceman and Bishop. And I did not get out of that. <laughs> it was not. It just, ugh. And it, I mean, Inferno's coming, and he's on the teasers, which, again, I think I've said before, it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. once again, they're pegging him as, like, in the in the can-they-be-trusted, like, potential traitors. And it's just like, A, he's already had that storyline, and then, B, he hasn't even done enough. I think he was just up there for the promo. I don't think that he's going to be any kind of traitor. It looks like they're going to be inducting him into the council, although that's probably also about to end. So, First of all, don't use my boy's name for slander, okay? (laughs) Don't be trying to get a hot topic and drag his name through the mud for what? You already got that old lady assassin up there. That's enough. Well, they needed her and the cop. Then B should have been up there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's going on. But like you said, the Quiet Council thing looks exciting. It does look like he's being inducted. But again, the theory is that at the end of Inferno, the Quiet Council won't exist anymore. So if they set him up again just to lose it, what's the point? Yeah. They do my boy wrong. I think he also needs to lose, lose the gun. I would like to see him use his powers more often, but I feel like he has been stuck in the cool guy mm-hmm. motif, you know, and that he was like, he was really caught up in the 90s with being the cool one. Yeah. And the big muscles. He, and... he was there with like Wolverine, <laughs> Gambit, Cyclops. Yeah. Like they would. <laughs> I think a big thing about Bishop also is that you can tell he's good. <laughs> Because he is one of the few characters that Chris Claremont did not create, but still continues to use. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't create. Because, that's fair. Yeah, he didn't create him. Yeah. He did not create Bishop, but like he has written a lot of Bishop. Um, Extreme X Men has some really good Bishop stuff. That, those two issues that uh, Grant. Well, what's the two? However long the when they shot Emma Frost and Grant Morris's X Men. Yes. That was a good Bishop arc right there. I highly recommend mm-hmm. that for people. Um, he had a miniseries. He had two miniseries. During uh, Civil War, right? Didn't he go and join? Oh, I, I wasn't talking about those, no. Um, I was Is that talking... like, he played a pretty big role in that event. No, <laughs> he, he was, was like... Just, he was just on like... He joined Iron Man's side and like, he got picked up from the mansion. And joined <laughs> <laughs> In a limo. He um, even, like, Iron Man was about to leave, and he stopped him. And was like, wait, he before you him. Um, He literally stopped him in his tracks. I don't, think, I don't like, think he stopped hey, him. He was, he was, because he was opposing Scott, because he like I remember he shot Scott up, which is also, like, the thing. Cyclops and Bishop are the same character, all right? Like I don't know. Cyclops started a revolution, and Bishop joined... Iron I mean, Man. <laughs> I mean, but what was Cyclops doing before that revolution? Leading the kids and X and the X Men. Yeah, and what did the X Men do? Put mutants in prison. Well, what was Bishop the cop 
<laughs> Putting them in prison? They should rescue. Oh, what do you say? Did you not read that one Marauders issue where he did something? Oh yeah, actually that was that was so bad. Because wasn't there like a a hands up, don't shoot kind of moment in that? I think that was one of the other issues. Oh, that one, that scene was bad. Oh my gosh, there was you know Marauders got some issues, and I feel like I said that a while ago, and people attacked me. But it's like, I'm not crazy, right? Marauders got some issues. Mm-hmm. It's it's always been just kind of there. But people like Emma and uh, Shadowcat. People like Shadowcat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah. Okay. Of her. That's true. People do like Shadowcat. She's the, she's the girl of the 80s. I mean, yeah, she still is wearing the same costume from the 80s. <laughs> no, no, no. She, she's like, she's got the captain look now, the buccaneer. Oh, which yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to last, though. I don't really know. It, it needs a little something, like, extra to really, like, take it over. It feels very... Remember, remember um, Britney Spears' circus video? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it reminds you of? That's what it's giving, yes. Um, and now that I think about it, Kate and Bishop's relationship in that book is kind of weird. I don't think they've ever really been that close. No, but it's almost as if they kind of are. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting, like, even now I'm sitting here trying to think of, like, some books where I've seen them interact, and I can't think of too much. But, like, she'd be all up on him. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as a Bishop fan, how did you feel about, speaking of all up on, how did you feel about Bishop and Jean? Oh, I didn't like that. But again, Bishop, Bishop I mean, did you just say Bishop is basically I'm Cyclops? I Bishop is Cyclops. That's why they did it. But no, I don't <laughs> like he, he deserves better. Bishop, mean, Bishop's best relationship is with Deathbird. Deathbird? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's hot. And so the thing about Deathbird is like Deathbird wanted Bishop. When I was going through some of those old issues in the 90s, like, she was all up when, she, um, when they were out in Shear space. She walked mm-hmm. into his room. And she That's was right. like, she was like, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> and, like, she, um, some, I, forgot, I forgot what happened, who they were fighting, but somehow Bishop got separated from the X-Men, and it was just him and Deathbird, and he got hurt. And so she, like, took him and was nursing him back to health, and she's like, you are the perfect man. You have the perfect body. You look good. She's like, we're going to mate and create a baby. And, like, it was like, she was ready. She was high. No, that's right. I know that's right. I mean, well, Bishop, <laughs> the one thing I will say, I do give him a lot of flack for him being a cop and all of that. <laughs> because... The man is hot. <laughs> yes. But the man is hot. And the man is hot. I do enjoy a lot of I do enjoy his powers and I do think that he deserves to have like more to do. Um mm-hmm. he just gets caught up in the time travel thing, unfortunately. I would say his is probably a little his is a probably a little less convoluted than Rachel Summers because at least he can kind of get away with just being his own character and just like fresh character, mm-hmm. whereas Rachel like Technically, at some point, she'll start to exist, right? Yeah. Like, she should start to exist, but he can kind of be his own thing. Gene <laughs> <laughs> hates know. Rachel. She does. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. She does. Uh, but no, I think, yeah. Uh, I always wondered if Gene hated Rachel because Rachel represents, like, a forced future that, like, oh, I don't have any kind of control of this future, whereas... Cable represents a mistake or something bad that happened to her that she has to like. There was for. some, there was some issue, and I don't know if it was like Cable X Men. I know I've seen. Not that Cable was a mistake, you know what I mean? But like mm. the situation but, uh, that happened to her, so she feels like she needs to take care of this thing. Yeah, there was like some page that I've seen posted around online where it kind of had Jean, and she was like lashing out at a baby version of Rachel and Cable, and like in it, she said she was like, you know. 
Nathan, you're not even my real son. She was like, you're the son of like Scott and my clone. And then with Rachel, it's like, you're someone who I haven't met, but you're like forcing me to say that you are definitely going to be here or like trying to control the narrative of my life. I'd, I'm going to try and find out what issue it was. But like it, it rings very vividly in my mind because that was the first time someone ever showed it to me. and was like, yeah, Gene doesn't even like Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the proof. Yeah. See, I feel like characters like that end up getting caught up in time travel shenanigans and no one ever really wants to touch that because if you do, other things end up becoming like unraveled. So mm-hmm. I think I would love to see him kind of just moved away from that. He needs to just be out on the field doing something. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. That's what he needs. Helping. And not being that's a cop. Like, that's just, what he he could, he could, he would just the most recent um, Marauders issue because I saw some ex Twitter posted some panels online. They went to like Araco and he was like investigating the death of the sheriff. So it was like, yeah, there's plenty of things for him to do. That's great. I would like to see him be maybe more of a investigator. It's hot. And shout out to Omar Sy for being Bishop in the X Men movies. You know the X Men movies are not good, but he looked good. They are not. He did. Mm-hmm. I w- again, I wish they would have let him use his powers instead of that damn gun. God. And so my <laughs> thing with the gun is, like, I, if they, like, try to use it more creatively, like, showing that, oh, yeah, he's, like, using his own redirected energy in it or something like that, mm-hmm. or maybe, like, let it do different blasts, I could be a little bit more here for it. But now it's just, no, they're just guns. And it don't make sense. He blasts. Yeah, I think, blast. again, I think they just want him because it looks cool with him a gun. Personally, I think it's better with him blasting. He's not capable. He doesn't need the gun. No. And I'm also over their beef. I don't think they need to, like, butt heads anymore. It's so weird because I feel like writers have been trying to handle the whole situation with, like, Bishop, Hope, Cable, like, so many times, and it just never goes the way it should go. Honestly, that is why... Oh. Uh Uh-oh. No, I'll stick with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just had a thought, and I was like, maybe I'll do something else, but no, no, no. Anyways... I feel like, you know, Bishop is a captain and like mm-hmm. all of the captains seem to kind of have their own things that they looked after. Magic was over there with the younger kids. Gorgon was like being Persian bodyguard. Scott is Scott. Bishop was just kind of around. I really think that a great kind of full circle moment would have been for him to be the captain who specifically protected the five. Yeah, I thought that would have been dope. Like it kind of cool. like. It comes, him and Hope are, like, getting together and absolving each other, whatever. Because, again, they tried to do it before in Humphrey's Uncanny X-Men run. He tried to have them have a moment. It was just kind of weird. Like, she stabbed him. He was basically telling her, he was like, oh, I don't regret trying to kill you. (laughs) 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 He was like, I don't regret it. He was just like, look at you now. He's like, you're tough. It was Like, Humphrey tried to make it like my two dad situation, and it just did not work out that well. Um, And then writers after that have always just kind of, like, still put blame on Bishop for it. He said things like, oh, did the X-Men still forgive him? I remember during Uncanny X-Men Disassemble, Armor said something to him about hope, and I don't don't like her either. So that's (laughs) but character panel on her or something. Yeah, and so as a result of that, Cable always is kind of just like the outlier of it because obviously if Bishop isn't getting along with Hope, or Hope still feels some type of way, of course Cable is too. Um, But Cable can die. (laughs) Yeah, he's. He's another one that, like, with time travel and stuff, you know, he just kind of, like, hops around and does whatever. I don't want them to do the same thing with Bishop, where he's just kind of hopping around through time um, and doing all that kind of stuff. While while you had the idea of him going around and stopping those, like, cataclysmic events, I would be cool if they were still, like, within the same, like, timeline. I don't want him, like, jumping, popping up through time and stuff, like... Mm. Cable does. That's kind yeah. of his thing. I can see that. He I mean, he wasn't really like popping through time when he did it. He was more so like actually hunting down the folks from the alternate realities and stuff who were like coming to cause the events. He was like looking yeah. for Sugar Man from the Age of Apocalypse. And shout out to the Age of Apocalypse with Bishop. That was kind of his event. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was kind of. You know, that was kind of his event. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we give that... I don't. We, we need to wake that up fully. Mm-hmm. 
It was kind of his event. I'm not the biggest fan of that event, but it was kind of his. That was kind of his moment. Wow, I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to reread that. Mm. That that's next. Maybe we one. should maybe have we should add that to the reread list then because I've read that one in a while. Maybe my feelings about it would change. I'm sure. And if I do not, it was Bishop of then, and it introduced Jesse Bevan to the world. Top tier. Mm. I'm adding to the list. <laughs> Top tier. But that was that. I just want to talk a little bit about Bishop. You know, again, Inferno's coming up. I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about the things that are going to happen with him. We know that there is a revamp of the line coming after the ex, uh, the lives and deaths of Wolverine. So cross your fingers that we get something good. Let's get some good stuff, Bishop. All right, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come back. Let's do it. Hello, hello, we are back. Yes, another we are back. <laughs> Everyone's favorite part of the show. Yes, yes. Um, do you want to go first or want me to go first? I'll go first because mine is very simple, mine is very easy, and mine is very short. The character I okay. want today is Lucas Bishop. Okay, tell us what you got because the Lord knows he needs it. And I would like for Lucas Bishop to be leading the X-Men team, the one that is picked at the Hellfire Gala. It should be his role. Again, if he cannot guard the five, I think it, it's another full circle moment for Bishop. Again, he came to our time really idolizing this group. They made him a traitor. He's back. Now he here is again leading, doing what he wanted to do from the beginning that he said, I'm going to take a step back so you can teach me how to do it. Like showing that, yeah, he's taking everything. He's redeemed for his sins. Again, Krakoa is supposed to be the new age of forgiving all past grievances and like letting people know that they're back in a good spot. What better way to do that than have him leading the new superhero team that leads their island and represents them? Actually, you know, that would be a really dope spot for him as like the leader of the the field ops X-Men team Mm -hmm. out there being superheroes that would be really really dope can he leave his gun at home he can <laughs> and... leave the gun at home okay <laughs> he can leave the gun at home i actually prefer him to leave the gun at home get a nice little get, although he's gotten a lot of good outfits one thing about bishop is he's got some good looks now the looks right? still here okay oh, yeah the, looks, hot. the yes. looks are hot but um yeah that's 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 my rebound bishop leading the x-men it's time he deserves cross your fingers for good things Okay, let's hope out for some great things for him. Um, okay, so then my relaunch is we're going up into space and it's mm, going to be Nova, but uh, Eve back in as Nova. And um, if anyone remembers, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back during the Secret Wars era, during the whole Battle World thing, um, there was a new Nova Corps family that they debuted. Um, Eve Backen was a Nova Corps member, and she ended up, like, giving her family members um, the other helmets for them to become members of the Nova Corps. They were hot, and it was really well done series. Actually, That's, I recommend it to everyone. I was about to say, that Secret, that Secret Wars um, Infinity Gauntlet miniseries that they had that introduced the Nova family, that should definitely be a reread. Yes, oh, for sure. sure. We should add, add, add that, that to the, the list. Add that to the list. <laughs> Yes, and she was really dope. You know, I had always been really looking for that kind of like black girl kick-ass space, you know, with the energy powers, and she, she is it. So I would love to have her come back. Um, the Nova Corps, is, I don't really think they have a book out right now. I think the I only think they one got around. Yeah, they all got killed. I think the only two are Richard and Guardian 2. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. And, um... The other little boy that's in Sam, Alexander. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember Eve showed up uh when Dugan was writing Guardians and like some of that infinity countdown stuff that was going on. She popped up there. She was pregnant. She had on like this red suit. I remember okay. she actually she gave birth. So like the Nova family has kind of started and it exists. So it would be dope to see her come back for sure. She was again, she was hot. That miniseries was, was given. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's my relaunch. Let's wake it up and bring Eve back in back to the Nova Corps. 
that space. I love it. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to the end of the show. Make sure you rate and subscribe us. Please, thank you so much for everyone who's been leaving us comments everywhere. We really appreciate all the support. Um, y'all are dope. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at Another Relaunch, on Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can watch the show on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. You can send us questions, comments, and all that stuff at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms um, on Kenny LZ. Ken, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Keenan Lance. You know there's an underscore at the end. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here, and then we will talk to y'all next week. Peace.